Garrett Wynn Davies is a Welsh Canadian actor who has starred in numerous plays, movies, and television shows since his debut in 1977. We met Mr. Davies in September of 2023 and completely lost our minds. After we came to, we had one goal in mind watch everything he has ever been in so that next time we're ready. How has this man made a career out of making out on screen? Will this be enough to help us make it through the next meeting still conscious? This isn't a podcast. It's an inoculation. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Meg. And this is Gare Can Get It. On this week's episode, uh, fuck. <laughs> Frankie Drake, or as I like to think of it, Daddy needs a new roof on his French chateau. <laughs> <laughs> on this week's episode, once a thief, always a thief. Mm. If they gave awards for makeouts on screen or stage, this guy would get a lifetime achievement. He'll find any excuse to get right to second face. You honestly wouldn't believe it. Dissecting each and every kiss with tongue. There's only I like yours better, but mine's probably more accurate. Yours is more accurate. Yeah. You know what? We all work for money. You know what? And it's perfectly fine. Except for this podcast. Someone should pay us money. Okay. So I will admit, so this is the very last episode of all of the Frankie Drake mysteries. It's season four, episode 10, A Family Affair from 2021. Um. I have only seen this episode and the pilot, so a bunch of stuff might happen in between. I have no idea. So, like, we're gonna we're gonna do our best. The but, relevant episodes, yeah, right at the beginning and the first end. and gear, yeah, the, <laughs> the alpha and omega. <laughs> um, so, like, a bunch of relevant stuff might happen in between. I this is not going to be like a knowledgeable podcast about the Frankie Drake mysteries. They seem pretty cute. They're on, I think, Amazon is where we watched it. So, like, if anyone wants to watch them. I would recommend it, but like I have no idea. Maybe they're all terrible from from two to season well, four. They made it through four seasons. Yeah, so they must have been they must have been pretty good. I'm just saying, like I have no independent knowledge of anything that happens after the pilot. So the only knowledge that we had going into this was from me telling Rachel what happened in the pilot, which, as far as I remember, the main character Frankie Drake is a lady who is a private detective. She thinks both of her parents are dead. She thinks they were both like minor thieves. Um, and then during the first episode, she finds out that her mom, who she thought died when she was very, very little, is actually alive. And um, both of her parents were not just minor thieves. They were like Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Eleven style, uh, like master thieves. And they were part of a little gang together. And her mom was like the head of that gang. So that's all that really happens in the very, very first episode is she thinks she has two dead parents. She actually has one dead parent. Then we jump all the way to season four. It turns out she thought she had one dead parent. She has zero dead parents. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler spoiler alert her dad who was played by gare like pops up out of out of nowhere out of the past so um i don't know what were your what, what before we get into it what were your like first thoughts on on this program for the first like 25 minutes when there is no gare um this is uh partly this is why i don't watch new television programs it's fine but it's very um there's a lot going on. There's a lot of storylines. There's a lot of characters. There's a lot of a variety of acting acumen. <laughs> that was both kind and cruel. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. And it's great. I think I would enjoy watching this with somebody. I don't know that I would sit down and like binge all of the Frankie Drake mysteries. Well, no, I mean, it feels like mystery of the week kind of TV show. Yeah, with like a little with bit of more carryover. Yeah. And maybe if I knew these characters and I connected with them in some meaningful way, that would be different. It was fine. I thought it was fine. I lost my ever-loving shit over the <laughs> fake photographs that they made oh, of Gare. Oh, we'll get there. We will get there, my my precious, precious friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think my mom would probably really enjoy this show just because there's, like, mystery, but there's also interpersonal stuff. And it's clear that these characters all have some kind of deep, meaningful connection that I have no idea about because I've only watched one episode and it's the series finale, which they didn't know was the series finale. That's the worst part is like, so just as like a heads up, this ends with a cliffhanger. 
the show thought it was coming back, and then the CBC who broadcast it was like, eh, nah, nah, nah. So, which I, which is another thing that we, it's another characteristic that we figured out is like he will pop up only in the only in the finale of a show. He will have an amazing role. The show will end on a cliffhanger where like maybe he's dead, maybe he's not dead. I feel like that happens a lot, but it'll end on a cliffhanger. Um, and they'll think they're coming back and then the whole series shuts down forever. He shows up and the show shuts down, (laughs) which I fucking, (laughs) it's not you. It's not you. No. Well, they're just like, how do we compete with this? Yeah. (laughs) He came in, he wrecked everything with his big dick. (laughs) We can go no further. (laughs) We came, he came in, he, uh, tore down all the sets with the scenery chewing. (laughs) Yeah. He's got a cute little role. He gets all of his highlights in. He gets fawned over by another character. Yes. He gets his patented, I'm in on the joke, you're not in on the joke, like eyebrow raise. <laughs> yes. He gets some nonsensical plot direction. He gets some sword fighting. He gets a little, he gets to do a little hop, a little hop <laughs> on the way of a sword. <laughs> so it was fun. I, yeah. I will say when I saw Ben Carlson, who um, is an actor who does a lot in the Stratford Festival with Gare, like they both act together a lot. Um, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. They're going to have like a little sword fighting scene. And somehow <laughs> Ben Carlson gets a sword and Gare gets like... A sad little, like, medium-sized knife, kind of, <laughs> like a little baby sword. And I was like, are they going to have, like, a big sword, little sword fight? That could be cute. No, Garrett gets one little hop. And I was like, you have wasted these two men who I know know how to sword fight with their eyes closed. Like, that could have been amazing. But the fight choreography, when we get there, the fight choreography is like, all right, just jump out of the way and don't get hit. All right, good. All right, action. <laughs> I was like, you guys, you're giving me, like, fight choreography blue balls over here. Like, this could have been great. Yeah. But okay, so... Um, we start the episode. There are, as Rachel said, there's a couple of different like competing storylines that are going on. So one of the lady, so this lady that works with Frankie at her detective company, detective, not company, what would you call it? Her PI agency, her know, agency. We can probably really just fast forward till we get to the like. To the gear part. Well, but you're not going to like. Oh, we can do some of the lead up. Yeah. But we don't know a lot of what's leading up to these plot lines. No. Well, but I mean, it, like, it feels like it doesn't matter. Like, it's standalone enough. Like, there's yeah. – well, I'll, I'll give, like, the abridged version of the other plot lines because they don't really matter. So we have um, this lady that worked with uh, Frankie at her detective agency, and her name is Trudy, and she's going to leave and go and be an investigator for an insurance agency because it's, like, more money or whatever. So her whole plot line for this episode is – she goes to the insurance um, agency. She meets this doctor who works there, and it's like, okay, the doctor will um, examine all the people who come in with claims, and then you're the investigator to, like, see if they're faking and stuff. And the woman's yeah. like, all right, cool. And then it turns out that the doctor is not actually a doctor. She's just the wife of the guy that owns the insurance agency. Um, and they are – it's, it's insurance fraud. They're taking the money from everybody. Um, they're denying every single claim, and the doctor who's not a doctor is just, like, writing down all these pre-existing conditions that nobody actually has. And so Trudy figures it out, and at the end of the episode, she's like, I'm going to, um, I'm gonna like, basically expose, expose this giant scam to everybody. And they're like, no, you're not because we signed your name on stuff. And she's like, well, I don't give a shit that you, like, fake signed my name on stuff. Like, I don't care. So um, then fake doctor lady goes and meets Trudy at – I think it's I think Trudy's going to clean out her desk. I think it's the same office building. But she like so fake doctor lady hides behind a little like ficus plant so nobody sees her. And then ficus. Uh, <laughs> Dracula. So um Trudy's cleaning out her desk and then she looks up and um not a doctor lady is there and she shoots her and like that's the cliffhanger for this whole episode. So this woman who seems like she was like the second lead of this entire series. Um gets shot and maybe murdered at the end of this episode, and then you never know what happens because it they thought they would have more time. So that's one storyline. And then we have this lady who is a um, a like junior police officer and her boyfriend who is a newspaper guy investigating. He's a journalist investigating um, corruption at the local police. And so um, they're trying to find – they had this source that was going to, like, talk to the journalist and he was going to, like, help him crack open this whole police corruption scandal. Um they find out that their source has been run off the road by the two corrupt cops that they've been investigating this whole time. And so then junior cop lady who has, as you said, I think her wig is attached to her hat, which yeah. <laughs> when she said that, I could not unsee it um, um, and has the strangest accent I've ever heard. So once um, they realize that, like, OK, the corrupt cops, like they're not playing around. They did. They ran our witness, our um, our informant off the road. Then junior cop lady's like, okay, I will be your informant. Like, I know all the stuff going on. I will tell you. And so then they um, 
boyfriend's boyfriend journalist, his his newspaper gets like blown up by like a bomb. And so they can't they can't print there because it blows up their printing press. So they get like some lady who looks like a gossip columnist is kind of the vibe I get. They get her to be the journalist and they give her all the information and they're like, look, junior cop will um, will be your informant and boyfriend who's a journalist will give you all of his research research that he's done. And you're going to be so famous from publishing this article. And so she publishes it. Um, and Junior Cop is not going to get a promotion now, because she helped expose all the police corruption. And so, like, that's where that storyline ends. It's just that there's, like, police corruption, and she's now in, like, a precarious position because she still works for the police. And they all know that she's the informant. Um, and anyways, they're just, they're, like, trying to, like, spread the news of the corruption. So then there's a third storyline because there's so much going on. There's this lady named Florence who I think is maybe a coroner or like a junior nurse or something who works for the coroner's office. Her job is hospital, as it seems to be the theme of every single Gare episode. There's just some person whose job is hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, She's taking care of her niece, whose name is Elspeth. And then the niece's mom, so Florence's sister, whose name is Rosalind, she comes up and is like, hey, um, I've come to collect my daughter. And again, this is one of those like – is there a guardianship? Are you just taking care of this kid and, like, nobody knows what the hell is going on? Like, it's one of those things where, like, I can't not be going, you don't understand the legal issues here because if you did, this would be pretty cut and dry, like, situations because it's, like, the one area of law that I know at all and it seems to come up in every single property that we talk about. <laughs> but, like, anyways, so it's it's them, like, fighting over where this kid should go and the mom is like, look, I'm going to drag you into court and we're going to fight all about this and then... um What's your face? The, uh, Florence is like, if you drag me into court, I'm going to basically tell everyone that you're a dirty whore. And the mother's like, you wouldn't. And Florence is like, yes, I would. And she's like, okay, fine. I don't want people to know that I've had sex at any point in my life before now, even though I have a 17-year-old daughter. Child, yeah. yes. <laughs> Who was conceived. Yeah, immaculately. Immaculately, Obviously. Yes. So she tears up some paperwork, which, again, this is when I started screaming. And I was like, what the fuck is she tearing up? Like, what, was there a court case? Was there a complaint? Like, what do you? what is this? What legal document is this? But she tears up some unidentified mystery document to show that she's just going to get back on the bus out of town and the niece is going to get to stay with Florence and everyone's happy there. All those storylines are going on in the background um, while the insane Gare storyline goes on. So, okay, so we get all those other storylines out of the way. They're all pretty cut and dry, quick and easy. And then we get to the convoluted mess that is the main character, Frankie, and her dad, Ned, and this whole whole insane situation. So I'm going to try and follow through as best I can, but it is it is complicated. So Frankie at the beginning of this is going to be leaving for three months to go to see her Italian boyfriend's uh, racing career in Europe. Frankie's brother shows up, who seems to be like a half-brother that no one knew existed. He's not in the pilot. So at some point in the last three seasons, she found a half-brother, which I fucking love. Half-brother shows up and is like, uh, it turns out our dad might still be alive. And Frankie's like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? Like four seasons in, all of a sudden my dad's alive? Like, okay. So um, we've got a photo of Gare and like a bunch of rando dudes in front of the this shop, which looks like like a corner tobacco shop. And it's called Squishies, <laughs> which I fucking love. So um, and it's apparently this, the same shop that Frankie herself like stole a box of cigarettes, a carton of cigarettes from when she was like, Six and so there's still a wanted poster of her, like a six year old version of her, on the wall of Squishies. Is the guy who runs Squishies the guy who played with him in Grand Magic? I don't know. I think he's the guy who's the father of the young girl who liked tiny little carnations. I think that's where I recognize him from. Oh, maybe it could be. Okay, I don't know. I mean, like everyone from Stratford, I feel like is like it really feels like he was like, I got some friends that could be in this. (laughs) Do you have a role for them? They could just stand there. And... We already have a secret society. We've already got our own rings. It's totally fine. I 100% believe that. He was like, oh, you want me to just get the robe out of the closet? You know, I got this. I got oh, this. I got this. Fine. We all got yeah. one. Don't bother the costume girl. I got this. No, no. It's fine. <laughs> so um, so Frankie and her brother, um, they go and see this guy called the Carpet King, who I guess was like around when they think that their father died. Like they think he was a witness to their death. So they think that he died like 20 years ago or like at least long enough ago that Frankie was a little kid and now yeah. she's in her late 30s. So they go and see this guy and he's like, oh, uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Uh, and they're like, well, we're trying to figure out we think our dad's alive. And he's like, oh, did I never tell you that your dad had me – he hired me to help fake his death? And they're like, fucking what? <laughs> no, no. Oh, all you ever had to do was ask. Yeah. She didn't say the magic words of did you help our dad fake his death because the answer to that is yes, obviously. So like my bad. So they're like, okay, holy shit. 
So then when they're leaving, so then they go and they leave the um the they leave the carpet king and they they start talking and brother's like, oh PS, I'm married and have a kid. And Frankie's like, what? And I'm like, okay. The finale of the show, your secret half-brother who pops up out of nowhere also has a secret wife and a secret kid. You are just swinging for all the fences, you guys. Sure. All right. Okay, sure. Fucking why not? So then, so they talk to the Carpet King. They're like, okay, dad faked his own death. Excellent. Now they're like, let's go to the store outside of which um, Gare's picture is. So the picture that they just saw in the newspaper, he's outside Squishy's. So they're like, let's go to Squishy's. And Squishy's like, oh, yeah, I know who Ned is. He's at the local hotel right now, and he just um, paid me money to um, send a carton of cigarettes over there. Is that yeah? Is that the guy you're asking about? And they're like, are you fucking okay? So um, they go to the hotel room where they were told that their dad was going to be. They open the door, and who's there but their mom, yep. who, like, I know I've only seen two episodes of this show, but mom is, like, real sex panther cougar, which I fucking love. So she's lounging on his bed, just, like, rolling in his scent, and is like, he's going to be here, and if he's here, he's here for a for a heist. <laughs> rolling in his well, scent. Well, come on. I mean, <laughs> that's, is that, is that bit, inaccurate? Yeah. It is not inaccurate. She's the heinous mom from Santa Claus. Well, in this, she is just, is I mean, is wet too wrong to use? I mean, she's just. <laughs> she is shiny. She's she got is, like a velvet top and then like a shiny yeah. silver skirt. Yeah. No, she is, she is, uh, she is primed and ready and she's looking for Gare. And I was like, correct. Yeah. Good. Well, yeah. it's fair. <laughs> Excellent. But Gare's not there. So they're in his hotel room. It's totally empty except for mom who somehow like snuck into his hotel room, which is never explained. And she's like, if he's here. He's here to do a job and I want to get in on this because I think I get the impression that like mom is just kind of a grifter and like has always been a grifter. And then she's like just looking for her next score. So mom looks at the photo and is like, oh, I know that other guy in the picture. That's Desmond Greer. So that's played by Ben Carlson, Stratford Festival um, alumni. So she's like, I know that guy. Like that guy used to run with Gare. Um, I I can't go and talk to him to ask if he's seen Gare because uh, I fucked him out of his last marriage. But maybe you can go and see him. <laughs> I love how mom just like casually tosses that out. Like I ma- yeah, might have ruined, I may have broken up his marriage. I might have ruined his marriage by riding his dick. It happens. So maybe you go and see him. He works wherever he works. Go and see him. Um, and maybe he'll tell you if he's seen Gare. So they go and see Ben Carlson, who doesn't get it. I'm not going to call him Greer. He's Ben Carlson. So um, Ben is like, oh, I haven't talked to your dad in years. If you find him, you should send him to me. And then um, Frankie Drake is like, uh, what's that insane ring on your finger? And he's like, uh, oh, this old thing, a gift from a brother. He doesn't say my brother. He says a brother in a way that is very much shit. Did I mention my secret society? <laughs> like, he could have been like fraternity. He could have – there's, like, lots of different things yeah. that you could have had a ring. He could have been like, oh, I'm part of the plumber's union and they give me a ring. Like, something. But no, he's like, uh, shifty. So obviously he's part of a secret society. So then um, we go back to Frankie's office and she's going through a box of old photos that she's never gone through before. And um, I will let Rachel describe <laughs> what she finds in that box of photos because you <laughs> lost your shit. It really looks like somebody took a picture, maybe even an older picture of Gare, and they just used the remove background button and you ended up with this clean cut all the way around the image. There have got to be an insane number of photographs of Gare all the way from his first movie in the 70s until now. You couldn't find a couple of like appropriate photos that you could just throw in here that were actual pictures of him young and not whatever the shit this is. You could have kept the background in. Like it would have been fine with a background. It still would have legibly read as, oh, this is a young photo of They Gare. are the fakest fake looking fake photos I, that have yeah. ever been faked. Which first off, I will say in, ever. The, in the very, very first episode in the pilot when I watched it, there is a similar scene where she's going through a box of photos and she's like, oh, look, it's a picture of my dad. It is not Gare. It is just some random guy with a mustache. And it is blurry and you can't, like, it is like a far away, like, we'll insert, a, like, a famous actor later. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> He's it's a placeholder. Yeah. It's not even, like, the same, I, like, it's it's not even at all. The, I think it's even a brunette. Like, it doesn't, it yeah. has, looks nothing at all, at all like him. They're like, oh, we'll figure it out later. Yeah. And so she's showing the photo to another guy, like, the carpenter guy who's hanging out with her. And she looks on the back and there's another photo sticking out of the back. And I'm like, you are an investigator and you didn't see the second photo in the frame until this very moment. I get the impression that it was like much too painful for her to like look in this box. But then at the same time, 
the very first episode is you looking in this fucking box. So, right. like, I think it's the same box. Like, I don't think she had, like, two boxes of mysterious gear photos. I think she had one, and it was just, like, too painful to keep going through it. But it's... This is the one I lost it on, though, because it's a picture of the secret society with their hoods. <laughs> it looks like a class photo <laughs> from a cult. the secret society to take a picture? They were like, okay, everybody line up. Okay, no, no. Can you get closer together? Closer together. Okay. Okay, great. Now everybody's hoods up. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to take a picture. It's fucking... It is ridiculous in terms of, like, it is an ugly-ass picture that you can't see Gare in, even. But, like, also in terms of conceptually what the fuck is happening here, (laughs) that you took a class photo of your secret... society. Secret society. (laughs) You know what what makes it secret is you don't have fucking photos. You don't take pictures of it. And you don't have a clubhouse where you meet all the fucking time. And you don't give rings, like, (laughs) membership rings to the guy who shines shoes on the That was the most random part. So... They, we will we will get there. We will okay, absolutely get there. So I'm jumping the gun. I, but it's, 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 again, one of those things where if you pull any thread in this episode, the only response is, what the fuck? <laughs> but, yeah. But so, okay, so she's going through her box, um, and a ring falls out, and she's like, oh, this is the same ring as uh, Ben Carlson was wearing. And her buddy, the carpenter, who's hanging out and, like, seems to be maybe, like, her secondary love interest, because she's got her main Italian boyfriend, and then there just seems like... Str- you know, young, hot, and strong carpenter yeah. that might be like the the guy that's gonna take her away from Italian boyfriend if there were a season five, which there's not. So he picks it up and he's like, "Oh, I know what this is. That's from a secret society, the society, the Brotherhood of the Crooked Dagger." And I was like, "What kind of fucking carpenter are you?" <laughs> he's like, "He's like the guy, the guy he's that like, I oh, you know. I had a friend. He shines shoes. <laughs> he was like the guy that I apprenticed under my like carpenter boss. He was part of the secret society. And I'm like, how fucking secret was it? If he's telling you about it, like I don't." Anyways, he's like, oh, yeah, exposition, 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 exposition. So <laughs> he's like, um, okay. Apparently the first rule of the Crooked Dagger Club is not that you is don't talk about Tell it. everyone. Yeah. Fucking wear a t-shirt that says Crooked Dagger. <laughs> Ask me how to join. Yeah. So, oh, and the ring. So the reason it's called, so the way he knows it's from the Crooked Dagger, the Brotherhood of the Crooked Dagger, is inside the ring, like the part that would be touching the skin of your finger, there is this... Sad little jacked up little like black line, and he's like, "Aha, yes, the crooked dagger." And I was like, you "Fucking!" If a tattoo artist said that was a crooked dagger, I'd be like, "My money back, please," because yeah. what the fuck is this that you just jacked me up with? So, anyways, he's like, "Aha, it's it's a brotherhood of like carpenters and thieves." And I was like, "That's a weird mix," but yeah, sure, man. So, um, then it flips over to the secret society, and you've got Ben Carlson, and he's standing. I don't even know how to describe this. It, this is like Avita's dream bedroom because we're in we're in a giant room, and inside the giant room, facing inwards into this closed courtyard, like with a roof and everything. This closed courtyard is a teeny tiny one person balcony. Like you couldn't have two people standing next to each other because the whole thing would collapse. But it's like a little tiny window with like just enough room for Ben Carlson to stand there and try not to breathe and like fall over and be like, aha, it turns out that Gare is alive. He is no friend of ours. We must kill him. His daughter has come to see me like, Mahaha. and they're all wearing the fucking robes and shit. And I'm just Which like, is lucky because Frankie Drake is there wearing the robe totally incognito. There's like six of them. Yes. Yes. Somehow she, yeah, she sneaks in there. Well, she, she knows about the ring. And then I guess if you look them up in the fucking phone book, it's like, here's where we meet. So she sneaks in there. It's an all male secret society, as far as I can tell. And then there's this woman who is a blonde leggy model, <laughs> who is the main <laughs> character. And she like sneaks in there like, hope no one notices the six foot tall blonde lady <laughs> in the secret society. Where they're like 20 of them. I assume they all know each other because they're, you know, circulating their photographs everywhere. Think. But she's that good at her fucking job, I guess. So, um... Then 23 minutes in, finally, here comes Gare. So we were all we all clapped and we're very happy. So he comes in running into this back room where um where Frankie Drake has kind of like secreted herself. She's gotten like apart from everyone else. He comes in, he looks sweaty like he's been running around the block six times, maybe because he's wearing a heavy wool robe. Uh with like this is the fucking worst hair. I just wanted to be like, can they just fix whatever the fuck is happening on top of your head in this because it looks like you ran through a rainstorm and then there was a gel explosion like I don't <laughs> I just I just need it to figure Aww. out which way it's going poor Gare still handsome still a handsome handsome man but I was just like fucking who did this to you so he runs in and he's like all hot and sweaty and not from sex I wrote my notes running sweaty not sex sweaty this time yes um and he's like hey what up I'm your dad we have to leave and, and she's like 
fucking what? Okay, fucking fine. what? In this storyline, we cut to um, Frankie's office. So we're outside Frankie's office. Gare is doing the Gare thing where he's wearing a fucking sweater vest. And I was like, good job, <laughs> he man. He just had that on under his robes. No wonder he was sweaty. He had like six layers. <laughs> there were so many layers. There's a dress shirt, which looks like a denim dress shirt. Like it looks heavy. And then a sweater vest. And there's an ascot. And there's like a coat on top. And then when he's at the Secret Society, there's also a fucking heavy wool Yeah, robe. I would also be sweating my balls off. <laughs> So many fucking layers because he's I, I still I maintain he's a never nude. He's like, I can't. The world isn't ready. <laughs> Just more layers, <laughs> more sweater vests. <laughs> cover my cover my body. Cover my glory. Not his shame. Cover yeah, my, no, glory. No, my glory. <laughs> oh, I just went somewhere in my head. OK, so um, he shows up with his ascot and sweater vest. He's like, uh, well, you did well for yourself, even Behold, though I abandoned you. My ass. <laughs> <hot>. <laughs> I fully, I fully believe that he did that at least six times while they were rolling. Yeah, he was like, look at my uh, ass. Uh, God. Uh. <laughs> Stop it, Gare. No. I mean, I fucking, I love an ascot. I'm not going to lie to you. There's something I really, mm. I really enjoy. But it was the, not like, a terrible outfit. I didn't like his outfit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the hot millionaire outfit. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. So he's like, even though I abandoned you, you done good. And she's like, cool. Thanks for claiming credit for that. <laughs> Dickhead. So. <laughs> She's like, get in the fucking office. Just go over there. I have to have a conversation with somebody else. You just, like, walk a shame into the office. So then um, her Italian boyfriend shows up, and he's like, ah, he has... But my race is <laughs> he's, Bella. He's, <laughs> we looked up his name. He is not Italian. This guy is not, the guy's a, as Italian as I am, which is to say, not Italian. <laughs> but it's just, this. it's like the thickest. It's hard to pretend to be I him and not... I just give the race to Ferrari. <laughs> It was so. It was so much. It was so fucking much. He, it it would have been less offensive if he showed up and was like, "It's a me, Mario," and like ate a whole bowl of like spaghetti. Let's go. <laughs> do 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 do. Like it was just. It was like, I was like, all right, man. Okay, I'm gonna get through this with you. So he's like, um, I'm going. We're. I'm going to Europe still. Like for. I've got those like Formula One races. Like, are you coming? You found your dad. You wanted to find your dad. You found him. You're donezo. Are you going to come with me? Like, what's what's going on here? And she's like, well, my dad has, like, several schemes he needs me to help him with. So. Negative. I, yeah, I guess I'll see you when I see you. And she's, she's like, I will go join you. And he's like, yeah, fucking right. All right. All right. Pasta <laughs> fazool. And he, like, runs, runs off. <laughs> <laughs> so offensive. So then we cut into um, uh Frankie, I keep wanting to call her Tracy because she looks just like Tracy from Forever Night. Yeah. But so Frankie is like, romp, romp, lost my boyfriend. Guess I'll have to shack up with a carpenter. Oh, well. So she opens the door into her office and we get Gare shining in the gariest way ever. And I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't get a time mark on this, but he, he doesn't show up till 23 minutes in and then all of his scenes like are one right after another. So just watch from like 23 minutes in and you'll be fine. So um, he shows up, he sees his ex-wife. So he sees uh, Frankie's mom. And they are screaming at each other. Uh, basically, they're basically they're each calling each other a whore, which I was like, yes, <laughs> excellent, <laughs> good, I like this. So he's like, um, she's like, you were shacked up with a bunch of with a different hussy every month, and he's like, you fucked J.P. Morgan, and they're like, murmur, murmur. and I was like, uh, <laughs> so good. I love that you fucked J.P. Morgan as an argument ender. <laughs> That's my new favorite <laughs> favorite thing. Um, and Frankie's like, you're both whores. It's fine. So, um. Then so he's so they're like, uh, are you gonna maybe explain the whole like you faking your death for thirty years? And he's like, well, it was the only way to get off the cops' radar. So can you blame me? And everyone's like, fucking yes, <laughs> yes, we can blame you. <laughs> so um, they break up. Francis Drake's telescope, which they also like touch on a little bit in the first episode, as like an explanation for why Frankie Drake's name is Francis Drake because dad was super into Francis Drake. And any time that he got involved in a heist and he did a fake name, he would pick an explorer's name. So he just, like, uh. he has this, like, thing about explorers. He liked Frankie Dra Francis Drake. So he's like, I'm going to name my daughter Francis Drake and I will spell it the boy version of Francis with an I and not the girl version of Francis with an E as, like, an homage to Francis Drake. So that's gotcha. that had been a thing that was mentioned in the pilot and it was just sort of like he likes the names, whatever. So then blah, 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 cuts to season four. And he's like, um, I had been wanting to steal the um, Francis Drake telescope from somewhere in Quebec City and I I never did fucking whatever and um, now it looks like the Ben Carlson character has just stolen it but he used my plans like my criminal theft plans that I guess he's been hanging on to for 30 years and so I need to steal it back from him and I, I don't really understand I think maybe it's one of those um, this will implicate me like he's trying to frame me 
And I'm like, but everyone thinks you're dead. You've got a tombstone. Like, what's he, he's framing a dead man? But he, I guess he's going to, like, prove that. We don't really talk about why he no. wants to get it. He's just like, he took it. Guys, he took the telescope. So I need to take it now for me for reasons. And he's like, and I need two more rings. We have two. And she's like, okay, where do we get two more rings? No one's like, wait, wait, clarification. Yeah, it's the plot just why? kind of keeps jumping. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't make sense to me. We talked about this a little bit while we were watching. His ring... Ned Drake, so the Gare character, his ring was in the box at Frankie's house. So all of a sudden he shows up and he has a second ring and we have no idea where he got it or how he got it. And I'm like, what kind of a secret society is this that is just printing out all these fucking secret society (laughs) get in with this ring? Like, it's not like a ticket to a sporting event. Do you know what I mean? But anyways. Yeah. So we've got the ring in the box. We've got the ring on Gare's finger. And then Gare's like, I need two more rings. But in order to get into the secret society and unlock the box that has the telescope inside of it. And they're like, okay, well, how, how are you going to get two more rings? And he's like, no big deal. It's at a shoeshine uh, booth. And we're all like, fucking what? He only tells them that, though, because the wife is like, do you think maybe we could? Oh, I w- I'm getting there. Oh, I'm getting there. Okay, okay. So um, it, like, doesn't make any sense to me that, like, this no. secret society has given two rings for the shoeshine guy to hang on to in a little pouch, like, underneath the shoe shine chair where you sit and get your your shoes shined. So I don't know. So anyway, so they send Frankie and her half brother off, and they like they use their childhood of theft and crime to distract the shoe shine guy and steal his two rings, and then fuck off with them. So now they have all four rings. So while this is happening, um, after Gare and wife are like, "You're a whore," no, you're a whore, no, you're a whore, no, you're a whore. Um, ex-wife. At 28 minutes and 40 seconds in, because it was very important to me to keep this time on the map, <laughs> ex-wife is like, oh, like, do we have to, like, do we have to go right now? I was hoping to, quote, catch up, end quote, with you. And she's staring at him like she's fucking him with her eyes. It is the most <laughs> amazing. It is, like, the least subtle. Like, her clothing might as well have just burned up and fallen off her body. She's like, hi, Gare. I want to see you, Gare. I haven't seen you in a long time, gear oh shit my clothes are all wet like it was just it was and the whole scene so it's it's gare and the lady who plays the wife was it wendy cruson is that we figured out her name was uh wendy cranston maybe i don't know she's the bitch mom from (laughs) stop calling me the bitch mom so listen that is one of those movies that you watch when you're a kid and you're fine and then you watch it again as an adult and you're like she is a terrible mother and i hate her i mean that is to be fair every movie that we ever saw as a kid i mean the 90s had a different sense of like she takes her reality. son away from his dad yeah, because but his dad, his is Tim dad Allen, won't though. tell him that santa claus isn't real gare and wife are ex-wife i guess are standing are standing next to each other like side by side so they keep having to like turn to face each other to talk and then son and daughter of gare are like across from them so they're like they're like a little box of four basically so um wife at some point starts talking like directly like facing forward talking to son and daughter and Gare is, like, staring at her with this shit-eating grin the entire time. And she keeps, like, trying to look away from him and then looking back at him and, like, trying to look away from him and, like, looking back at him. And I'm like, are they actually fucking? Like, what is <laughs> – this is the most intense eye fucking – like, they're just like, yeah, yeah, no. Go see the shoe shine guy so I can fuck your mommy. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, first off, congrats for getting that – you're in this episode for, like, 20 minutes and you got a 10-minute fuck-me scene. So, like, congratulations. Yeah. In the old-timey cutesy 1920s mystery show, you managed to get Mommy Has Wet Underwear for Me. So, <laughs> thumbs up, Gare. Good job. 28 minutes and 40 seconds. So, um, now at this point, we have all four of our rings. <laughs> so stupid. So, we have all four of the wa- rings. <laughs> we have... Gare and ex-Mrs. Gare and we have Frankie searching in these – they're, like, going through all these tunnels underneath the city and Gare's like, oh, yeah, left turn, right turn, left turn, right turn, and we'll get to the secret society, whatever. Somehow, like, someone bumps something – and I don't know if Gare does it on purpose or not, but, like, so- someone bumps a brick and it, like, a um, – like a dra- – not a drawbridge. What do you call it? Like a, like a gate, like a metal yeah. grate comes down from the ceiling and closes off so the, mom is – The mom does. Yeah. So it's like a – it's like at a, like an old time. It's like at a castle, like at a medieval yeah. castle. That kind of like grate that like shoots down from the ceiling. So mom is stuck on one side towards the outside, and Gare and Frankie are on the inside, and they're like, "This is fine. We'll figure this out." And somehow mom manages to get out of here, like wind her way back out, and then like get upstairs and inside the building for the final fight scene. Well, and- it's open when they come back, so she figured out how to open it, which wasn't too hard because it's just the brick on the other side of the wall. Is that all? It- I mean, I know it's just a yeah. brick that she that was pushed, but it's like 
She okay. pushes the one on one side. The one that's sticking out on the other side is the open. Close and open. Oh, well, that's not that secret. Okay. I couldn't figure out how she managed to, like, get inside the building because they didn't, like, say anything. All of a sudden, she's just there for the final fight scene. Yeah. So, anyways, mom is separated from dad and daughter. Dad and daughter go upstairs. They get into the... <laughs> Oh my god. They get into the super secret room of like magical treasures and rituals and shit. And there's a box in the middle of the room that looks like poor man's fake <laughs> so fake bad. stone coffin is like the best way that I can describe yes. it. Because it's like it's like coffin shaped and sort of coffin sized, but if you were a very small person. Yes. <laughs> it's like a traveling coffin. It's like a little bitty coffin. So Gare, <laughs> this is so fucking dumb. He takes his four rings. He puts them in these divots on top of the coffin, but like they're not in the fake styrofoam. They're not pushing stone. anything. No, they're, they're not a key in no, any way. They're just, they are just sitting in a depression. In a little wooden, a brand new looking wooden circle with three little circles inside of it. And it felt sort of like the set craftsperson was like, done and done. You're welcome. <laughs> Does it rotate? I fucking think it rotates. <laughs> we. <laughs> it's just. Yeah, you're right. It like clearly is not a mechanism that does anything. It's clearly a wooden circle with four smaller circles. And they're like, just stick the rings in there, man. And just Ga- stick them in. Garrett was like, I will sell it. <laughs> I'm selling it. So he puts his four rings in there. And he's like, aha, <laughs> it opened. So the lid pops off very easily. Because again, I think this is a, just a giant styrofoam cooler. Um, and ins- Yeah, because it doesn't even have walls. They just taped like silk up around the edges. Yeah. So they wouldn't have to build sides on it. Yeah. So the inside is just this little like silk lined, red silk lined like divot. Um, and inside there's like some random treasures and also a tiny um, telescope. And Gare's like, yoink, got the telescope. Some random other brother wanders in and they're like, oh, we have to hide. And they fall in. They do a fucking Scooby-Doo. I don't even know how to explain this. <laughs> Gare hides behind the door opening. They just go flat against the wall. <laughs> there's nothing to cover them. The daughter. So Frankie hides behind. It. Lo- I think it was like like a bookshelf or something, but her nose is sticking out and she's like, not even, I'm like, move back an inch. You weigh like 18 pounds. You're so skinny and little, like just fucking just slip through behind (laughs) the 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 gap behind the, (laughs) behind the dresser there. Go 2D. I feel like you could do it if you wanted to. So, um, I'm like, bitch, I can like, you're like, I can see your face. So anyways, this guy turns around and he's not blind and he's like, uh, what? And she's like, aha, I'm Frankie Drake. And then um, Ned Drake bops him on the head with the fucking telescope. And I'm like, wasn't this a priceless treasure? You just beat the shit it's out of him with it. He hits him with like, a sword. Was it a sword? sword? Oh, okay. Yeah. I just, okay. That makes it less, less, not, not, not stupid, but less stupid. So he knocks the guy out and then they're like, ah, shit, the ritual is happening. We need someone to go up and do the ritual or they'll know that like, you know, we broke in here. So Frankie's like, I'll do it because they'll recognize you. And he's like, but I'm the only one who knows, uh, you don't know the ritual. And she's like, I'm a Drake. I'll fake it. Spoiler alert, she does not fake it, and they immediately <laughs> figure out who she is. Because she's, again, a six-foot-tall, skinny blonde lady in a room full of, like, five-foot-ten chubby middle-aged men. They figured it out. They're not that yeah. stupid. So they get her. Um, they have a sword on her. Um, they they end up having, like, a giant sword fight. So there's a so somehow Gare, like, knows that she's been made. He runs up there, and he's like, aha! And Ben Carlson is like, touche! And they have their own little fight. Um, and then Gare gets stabbed after just the most anticlimactic. I, I can't even call it a fight. It's just a lot of like d- bouncing around the in a room. Went squelching when he got stabbed. Which oh god! I know you could do that with your mouth. It's fucking horrifying. But yeah, correct. He gets he gets stabbed, but like only in the belly. And like I mean, come on, he's been shot and stabbed and set on fire before in Forever Night. I figured fine. he'd be fine. He's yeah, gonna be fine. Yeah. So. Um, he's stabbed. All of a sudden, Frankie's brother is there, um, and the mom is there. So, like like you said, mom must have, like, hit the the only other brick that popped out of the wall and been like, aha. So they get there. They're part of this um, this fight. Sorry. Um, mom is there, and Gare is there, and Frankie are there. They're all part of this fight. Then they're trying to leave the building with Gare's half-prone corpse, and he is, like, totally hallucinating. And I was like, oh, hey, Rachel, look. It's like what happened when we met him and our brains fucking lost <laughs> touch with our body. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, remember, Frankie, when you taught me how to ride a bike? And I was like, oh, yeah. That's fucking, that's what we just. I'm, I'm almost positive we used that line. We might have. <laughs> <laughs> Are you my daddy? <laughs> so. Uh, this is mortifying. So anyways, he's like seeing stars and shit. So they they get into back into the tunnels. Um, then there's like the grate comes back down. Right. And then the brother is there and the brother manages to pop the grate back open again. Um, he steals the telescope from the dad from Gare. Um, and then he drops the grape back down and he's like, I need this for my son. I got to protect my son. I got to protect my son. So I'm like. 
I assume this was something they were going to maybe explain in the next season. Yeah, maybe. Like there's like some there's some more significance to this other than like it's a priceless antique. Because we don't know how he got out of prison either. Yeah, that's right. Because earlier part of the shoe shine thing, he gets picked up by. Well, he just gets picked up by the cop for like stealing a box of like quarters from the shoe shine guy. So I figured they gave him a warning or a citation. Well, or they're something. like, "How did you get out?" And she, he. She, Frankie says, how did you get out? And he goes, that's a story for another time. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. He totally, um, I was going to say clickbait. He totally does like spoiler bait for next season and they never yeah. got a next season. But you're you're totally right. Yeah. So they don't know how he got there. He makes a cryptic comment about needing the telescope for his son to protect his son, which again is like not at all explained. And I assumed they were going to do it in the future, but just that it has some value to him. There's more to him than the value of his dad and his dad's ex-husband and his half-sister and they and he puts the grate down and he fucks off so then frankie's dad so then gare is like oh he dies <laughs> in the gariest way i've ever seen he dies and he falls over on ex-wife's tits and i was like good job man <laughs> just face good right job into them. just face into the die as you lived face <laughs> down in a woman's breasts i fucking <laughs> i i respect the craft of acting so much yes so um i literally just wrote dies on mom's tits in my notes so um, oh, sorry. Before he dies, he's like, um, I didn't actually leave because I was I was a coward. I know I told you that earlier. I left because I thought that your life would be better without me in it. So then they have like a little heart Which to he heart. Which he sells. He sells that line. He does. Yeah. I thought the death scene was surprisingly emotional for, for an episode where the rest of it just felt like goofy 1920s shenanigans. Like, yeah. Um, other than, well, I will say other than um, the whole journalist subplot. Because that did feel like it really felt much like more serious. look at these goofy kids and their goofy hijinks, including the two kids that are trying to overturn corruption in the Toronto Police Department. Well, and then his building gets burned down. I don't like, know. It just felt like it was so out of proportion to the stakes of everything else yeah. that was happening. It was the like we're infiltrating the secret society with our secret little rings and our secret little hoods and yeah. our secret little whatever. Cut to the police will murder you. And it was like oh god, <laughs> oh okay. And, and did murder someone in this episode. Yeah. 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 And we'll do it again. Yeah. Like legit a this person is in mortal danger. Two of the characters were like in mortal danger. One was just trying to keep her um, adopted daughter. And then Frankie and her and her family were off on these totally disproportionate hijinks to the tone of the rest of the show. Yeah, it did feel it like it was one of those things where like you watch it and it all feels like sort of goofy. And then if you take a step back, you're like, wow, there's there's like goofy little like um, like fantasy. We're in a secret society. Like, isn't this silly? And then it's here's a car bomb. Here's us driving cars <laughs> off the road. Like, it, yeah. Yeah. Like, what if they all sat down to have dinner? And Frankie's like, oh, my God, you guys, today I, like, infiltrated this secret society with my with my dad. <laughs> and, like, he got stabbed or whatever. But we had to, like, steal these secret rings. And I had to try to, like, participate uh, yeah. in this ritual. And it totally didn't work. And her other friend's like, I nearly yeah, died. My, my boyfriend's newspaper source got killed by corrupt cops. And so I became a witness. And I gave my statement to another newspaper. And so I'm expecting them to try to kill me soon. Past the gravy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you're right. The stakes, it's it feels like everything is like played with a with a level of goofiness, but the stakes are very different from like the different sections. But yeah. but you're right. I will say that like the Gare death scene right up until he goes <laughs> face first into tits. Before everything before that, I was like, "Oh, like you're playing this very emotionally and like I I didn't leave you because I'm a coward and I don't love you. I left you because I thought it was the best thing for you that you not be saddled with me and like my criminal history baggage. and my and my baggage yeah, yeah and and like what what everyone will associate with you from being associated with me i was like oh, okay like like he's a good actor like he's in all this goofy shit but like he he sells it i don't know i i, I really liked it so um then somehow they get out of the tunnel which isn't explained but like maybe like you said they just reached over slightly and pushed the only other brick that it could have pushed <laughs> yes um we get back to the office. This is when we find out that Trudy um, has been shot. We find out about the newspaper filing the report about the bad cops. We find out that Florence has gotten Rosalind to stop going after her daughter. Like, we get all the resolutions for all these. And then Frankie and her um, her carpenter friend are hugging, and it's sort of like, will they, won't they? Like, what's going to happen? Like, she's her father's daughter, so it's probably going to get real hot and sexy. Like, tune in next season, and then next season never fucking happens, which is which is a real bummer. Um, but I also feel like I I know you thought the ending for for Gare was like more final, but for me the way that it read was more like um, in some of the other shows that he's 
been in the finale of, which I will not spoil by name. But in some of the other shows that he's in the finale of, there's at least two I'm thinking of where um, it's not 100% clear that the show is ending. Um, it's not 100% clear short. Like, it's not 100% clear that the showrunners knew that the show was ending at the time. Um, and it's not totally clear to me that either they didn't intend for him to survive or that they couldn't like slightly retcon it. Do you know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Like here he gets stabbed in the gut and he's like, oh, and he like passes out on mom. But he's a grafter. Who knows? He's already faked yeah. his death one time. Um, and they don't they don't like cut to a funeral or something with like a body in the ground. They don't cut to like him being cremated or something like they just they're just cut to like the next scene. Yeah. Um, and it's not even super clear to me. It doesn't feel like very much time has passed. I don't know. Is that kind of how you took it? Like yeah. she immediately got out of there and like went back to her office. Yeah. Um, but you don't see mom. You don't see mom again. And you don't see Gare or Gare's body. So, like, I feel like if they had wanted to, like, make that continue, I feel like they could have. And they could have, like, had both her parents as grifters. Yeah, you just have to have Ben Carlson be in on it. And then, because he's the one who stabbed yeah. him. Or even, what, what, even if not, right? Like, it could be Ben Carlson is, like, still after him in season five. I thought I killed you and I didn't kill you. And you have the telescope, which I want for Because we don't know here. why he let himself be photographed and put in the newspaper. Yeah, that too. It feels like a very dumb... A very dumb because choice. That's what, that's what leads to everyone, everybody, that he was still yeah. alive. So that feels intentional. So we don't know why he intentionally made yeah. that decision. Yeah. But then again, he also made the intentional decision to be part of his like class of nineteen twenty two secret society portrait. So like, mm, yeah. I feel like. I feel like only watching this episode, it's unclear to me what was an intentional choice to be like oh, he's doing this because of blah, blah, blah. And what was just like, a, we need to move the plot forward. So I don't know. He goes to Squishies because it's it's the 30th anniversary of um, Squishies being open. Squishies. Yeah. He had to come out of hiding. He couldn't come to see his daughter or her life or anything, but he came for Squishy. You can't you can't ignore Squishy. So he had to come back and see, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, I feel like with the two episodes that I've seen of this show, every character is either a genius or a moron and it might honestly depend on what the writers need them to be at any given moment. Like I don't, mm. it's kind of the the vibe I get and maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong because um, there are a lot of things in this one episode that feel like, oh, we're, we're planting the seeds for future and we're picking up some seeds from the past and we're going to like, we're, there's through lines that we're just, we're trying to give you. Yeah. But because they don't get a next season, it's hard to know, like, would they have been able to pick up those lines? Like, did, did they actually intend something or were they just like, I don't know. It's Francis Drake's telescope. He had to pick up something. Here you go. Next. Um, I will say that I I enjoyed this enough that it does make me want to watch the Frankie Drake mysteries. Like, put it on while I'm folding laundry. It feels like that kind of show. Like, in yeah. the background. And I'll get the lore that I need from the episode. But, like, the actual crime of the week won't, won't really matter. Um, I really... Look, I like anything where there's Gare and an old flame and they're looking at each other like they're about to rip their clothes off with their teeth. That's... Yeah. That's a thing that I enjoy, and I think I will continue to enjoy <laughs> in everything that he's in, because he just, he he does one thing, and he does it well. So, I would say just for that scene where he and his ex-wife are like, you're a whore, you're a whore, you want to fuck? Yes. Hell just, yeah. <laughs> just, just for that scene, and and the death scene. I will say, you're right, the death scene was the really good. The death scene was quite... Yeah. In an, other, in an otherwise sort of middlingly acted episode, it was a... Uh, a standout moment. Yeah. I didn't feel yeah. like any of the acting was bad. I just felt like all the acting was like enough. It was like, you need me to, you need me to be it felt like, like sitcom acting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think it's, well, I think it's, I mean, it's like mystery of the week. Scooby Doo. Yeah. I don't think it requires like dig deep into your Shakespeare bag. Um, no. Give me all of your emotional trauma for the Frankie Drake mysteries, you know, like <laughs> until, <laughs> until, until you that die. end scene. And then yeah. You can dig that out. Yeah, I really, yeah, I thought, I thought he did a good job and all that. I liked the hot sweaty, um, gonna fuck my ex-wife as she rolls around in my sex sheets, which were not black satin, which is a little bit of a bummer. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, I would give it, uh, you know, I would give it a a solid seven sloppy kisses. I would recommend Hmm. it. It makes me want to watch the rest of the series. Um, even though I know he's not in a single other episode, it seemed like, it seemed like a cute, like, mystery series, like I said, put on the background while you're doing laundry, and, like, I think these characters could grow on me. Like, they seemed they seemed cute enough, and they're, like, 1920s, so they're sassy dames, so I was like, okay, like, yeah, yeah, this is fine. Like, I would, I'm bummed out that, like, she only finds out she has a secret not-dead dad at the very end, mm-hmm. um, 
who was in the world's worst photoshopped um, photos ever. Yes. But yeah, I, yeah, seven seven hot, wet, sloppy kisses hmm. from me. I think I'm going to go four raised <laughs> eyebrows out of five. <laughs> oh, four out of five. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Because I think um, overall he did fine with what he was given. But then when he really got to go, when they were like, okay, this is your character's death scene. From the moment he gets stabbed until he falls into his ex-wife's tits, he <laughs> fucking sells. Yeah. His, I'm so, I, I can't believe that this is our last moment together. Yeah. And I wish we'd had more time, but I'm also glad I wasn't there to fuck you up. Yeah. Yes. And I, I think it's, I think he plays, he walks a very fine line when he's doing the like hallucinating when they're walking with him down the hallway and he's like, oh, Frankie, didn't you teach me how to ride a bike? And he's just like totally off in his head. Yeah. I feel like if you played it one way, it would have been just like cheesy and stupid and silly. Yeah. And with this, it's like, it's light because he's like laughing and like, oh, hey, didn't you teach me how to ride a bike? So like his character is like a little frothy. Yeah. But the, the like what's actually happening, which is he's disassociating because he's dying and he's in so much pain, that like he doesn't even know where he is. I feel like there was, it was, there was a good undercurrent of seriousness there. Like, it didn't make me feel like his death was a joke and his character was a joke and I don't give a shit. It was like, yeah. oh, I wish we'd had more time. Which was a big fucking hurdle after he had to do the put the four rings yeah. in the tiny drill holes on the top <laughs> of this fake ass yeah. cabinet thing. Yeah. He had to go from that to the line that he gives where he's like, I didn't leave because I was a coward. I left because I thought you were going to be better off without me. Yeah. Which is like a fucking gut punch, and he does a great job yeah. delivering it. He really sells it. Yeah. And so it's because of stuff like that that I'm hoping – I obviously I don't know because I haven't seen the other episodes. But what I'm hoping is that there's more of that kind of through line where, like, the episodes maybe will be generally kind of light and frothy and funny, but that there will be moments of seriousness a and, like, character. Genuine emotional. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where you, like, care about the characters and you care about the stakes and you are – like when like their triumphs are your triumphs and their failures like feel sad for you feel like you you feel their their failures yeah so like based on that and the fact that they had at least some of that scripted like I don't think he showed up and was like I'm gonna do my own death scene I got this like <laughs> based on based on that I, it also that's another reason why I was like okay you you aren't just silly and you aren't just serious like you seem like you have an interesting mix of both I would like to learn more about this program I would like to watch more of yeah. it um. And then, like, obviously, look, if there's any kind of a TV show and it's set anywhere in Toronto at any point in the past, present, or future, I want to watch it because that was my home. And it makes me feel, like, good to be like, I know that street. I mean, I don't know that street. This is the 1920s and they're all, like, yeah. dirt <laughs> cow paths. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. it. So, I mean, I, I like it for that. But, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily watch this just for that. Like, I, But I I like that it's it's opened the door to make me think, oh, this this show might actually be more than just a frothy murder of the week. Like, there might be yeah. more here is kind of the vibe I get. So I would I would definitely – I want to give it a, a shot. So maybe at some point in the future when I get through all four seasons, I'll, I'll revisit this and we'll discuss it more. Sounds good. Yeah. So until next time, friends. I never remember what the end credit thing is. <laughs> it's fine. Until next bye. time. Bye. All right, bye.